Good Tuesday morning. Get ready to bundle up and dig out, folks. Tens of millions now in the path of that powerful storm sweeping across the country. Hi, everybody. It's December 13th, and this is Today. On the move. It's like a skating rink out here. That nasty winter weather heads to the Midwest. Ice, whiteout conditions, and high winds leading to accidents overnight. And ahead of its arrival on the East Coast, a blast of bitter cold temperatures. We're tracking it all. Busted in the Bahamas, the founder of the collapsed cryptocurrency giant FTX arrested and now facing criminal charges here in the U.S. The very latest on the stunning fall from grace and what it means for the investors who lost billions in a matter of days. Fingers crossed, Main Street and Wall Street bracing for key new inflation numbers out this morning. What they could reveal about the state of the economy with the Fed eyeing yet another interest rate hike. We'll have the latest. Wiped out, bare shelves at drugstores across the country amid the worst flu season in a decade. This morning, what you need to know to stay healthy through the holidays. Those stories plus month-old mystery. New details emerging in that still unsolved case in Idaho. But the father of one of the victims is now revealing about what happened to his daughter and her roommates. Today, Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Today. Nice to have you with us on a Tuesday morning. Hoda's out on assignment in L.A., so Craig's up early with me. All right, but we got to talk about this major winter storm. It has wreaked havoc in the West. It's now hitting the upper Midwest with blizzard-like conditions. 17 million Americans are under some type of winter advisory this morning. Some parts of the central United States could see up to two feet of snow. And across the South, folks, they're expecting heavy rain, strong winds, hail, even possible December tornadoes. And the big weather story here in the Northeast today, frigid temps ahead of that storm. It's about 25 degrees outside our window right now. We're going to get to Dylan's forecast in a moment, but first NBC's Maggie Vespa joins us from Minneapolis. Maggie, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. Yeah, from as you said, the calm before the storm, but this system is barreling toward us fast with a mountain of salt and sand ready to go on the roads here in Minneapolis this morning ahead of this winter weather. As you said, close to 17 million people nationwide under some sort of watch, warning or advisory, and also up to a foot of snow expected in parts of the Midwest, including here in Minnesota. When it comes to air travel as well, the system is already wreaking havoc this morning. Hundreds of delays and cancellations already stacking up just today as state officials nationwide plead with people to take this weather seriously and be prepared to hunker down at home. This morning, severe winter weather roaring across the nation. In the Dakotas, ice is the big problem. Slick roads causing accidents on the road overnight. You can see here on the truck, that's pure ice right there. And in below freezing temperatures, locals hopeful they don't lose power and heat. My family's going to hunker down and pray that the electricity stays on so we don't freeze. Whiteout conditions pummeling the Rockies overnight with winds blowing up to 50 miles per hour. Colorado under its first blizzard warning in two years. It's one of several states on high alert this morning. 
In North Dakota, snowplow crews preparing to dig the state out of the anticipated big storm. Heavy snow also hitting the central plains. They're anticipating up to two feet in northern Nebraska and western South Dakota. Stay home if you can. Stock up on supplies. In some areas, snow and ice-covered streets already making driving dangerous. In Utah, slick roadways caused this bus to lose control and crash onto its side. More than 20 passengers were hospitalized, including two in critical condition. The clear thought that hit me is when everyone just started panicking, screaming. Severe weather also making air travel brutal for many this week. I want to go home. I'm tired. On Monday, almost 3,900 flights were delayed and 173 canceled. And in some regions experiencing major snowfall, travel could be close to impossible in the coming days. On the West Coast, in Arizona, a rarely seen or heard winter weather phenomenon, thunder snow. And in California, they're clearing roads and cleaning up. The same storm system that dropped at least four feet of snow in the Sierra Nevada mountains is now bearing down on the rest of the country. And again, as the storm heads east, state leaders are already bracing for the worst in Texas. That state's governor has activated emergency response resources across the state. And in South Dakota, that governor has closed all state government offices ahead of this dangerous winter storm. Savannah. We can hear the wind this morning really blowing, Maggie. Thank you. Let's turn to Dylan now for a little bit more on what we can expect from this powerful winter storm, how cold it could get, how much snow we could see. There's a lot going on with this thing. I mean, we're talking about blizzard conditions and tornadoes for different areas, depending on where you are. Now, we do have some cold air in the northeast, so you think that this would set the stage for a major snowstorm for the northeast. However, while this could start as snow by the end of the week, I think it's mostly a rainstorm up and down the east coast on Friday. So that's the good news uh, as far as travel is concerned. However, we do have very dangerous travel expected on the northern side of this system through the Dakotas, where not only will we see heavy snow, but we're also looking at wind gusts up to 40 to 60 miles per hour. That's going to reduce visibility. And because of that, we have blizzard warnings. The areas in purple is where we'll see the worst of the conditions. So again, most of the cold air is on the northern side of this storm system. It's going to snow all day long across the high plains, also through the Midwest, as we look into or, uh, the northern, mid, upper Midwest, through Minneapolis into parts of Wisconsin. We will see some snow take hold as we go into tomorrow. But here you see where the warmer air is. We are looking for mostly rain across the mid-Atlantic. The interior northeast will likely see some snow by the time we get to Thursday night and Friday. And even if we do see a little bit of snow in New York, it will change over to rain. So snowfall totals, again, about two feet of snow still possible through North and South Dakota in those areas where it's where it will snow all day long. And in the northeast, we're looking at about six to maybe nine inches of snow in some areas. But again, that will be mostly for the interior northeast Savannah. All right, Dylan, we'll get back to you soon. Big story. We've got a dramatic development tied to the collapse of the cryptocurrency giant FTX. The company's disgraced co-founder has been arrested in the Bahamas after U.S. prosecutors filed criminal charges against him. NBC's Ann Thompson is here with the latest on this. Ann, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. So far, Sam Bankman-Fried's legal team is not commenting on his arrest. The 30-year-old this morning is 
facing a lot of trouble, including charges brought by the Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission. This morning, the SEC just released its civil complaint saying Bankman-Fried built a house of cards on a foundation of deception. The one-time king of crypto, FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried, is facing extradition and criminal charges in the U.S. following his arrest in the Bahamas Monday. The U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York revealing on Twitter, Bahamian authorities arrested Bankman-Fried at the request of the U.S. government based on a sealed indictment that the government will make public this morning. CNBC reporting that a source briefed on the charges said they would include wire fraud and securities fraud. The 30-year-old's arrest follows the implosion of FTX, one of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges once valued at $32 billion. A run on the exchange in November sent its value plummeting as worried investors pulled their funds, causing the exchange to go bankrupt almost overnight. What are your lawyers telling you right now? Are they suggesting this is a good idea for you to be speaking? Uh, No, they are very much not. In a freewheeling interview with CNBC's Andrew Ross Sorkin last month, Bankman-Fried took responsibility for management failures. Look, I screwed up. Like, I was CEO. I I was the CEO of FTX. And I mean, I'd say this again and again, that... That means I had a responsibility. That means that I was responsible, ultimately. While he distanced himself from accusations of fraud. I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone else. And he denied other media reports that he secretly moved $10 billion of customer funds from FTX to his hedge fund, Alameda Research. I ain't knowingly commingle funds. Many FTX investors aren't buying that, like Manny Batista, who says he can't get his $35,000 stake. I think he should go to jail and there should be some some way to uh, have users recover their funds. Bankman-Fried and FTX are also facing a class action lawsuit in Florida, accusing FTX of targeting unsophisticated investors from across the country. That lawsuit also naming celebrities featured in FTX ads, including Larry David, Tom Brady and Stephen Curry. Now, reps for Brady tell NBC News they have no comment. NBC News has reached out to the parties named in the lawsuit. Bankman-Fried is also under investigation by Congress, and he was scheduled to testify remotely before a House committee today. Before his arrest, Bankman-Fried said his testimony would be unlikely to satisfy lawmakers. And now they're going to hear nothing. Yeah. And thank you very much. Let's bring in CNBC's Andrew Ross Sorkin now. And Andrew, I mean, let's just start right there with the timing of this arrest on the eve of his testimony before Congress, the chairwoman of that committee. While happy to see the prosecution going forward, it made no secret of her displeasure that now his testimony will not be under oath before Congress. What's with the timing here? Uh, Hard to understand. A lot of people had thought that he was going to be walking into a trap of sorts because he would be testifying under oath and there could be additional charges potentially uh, of defrauding uh, the world if, in fact, he were to have lied uh, under oath. I think at this point it looks like somebody inside has flipped. Uh, Somebody close to him. uh, There were 
There's been a lot of speculation uh, about a number of people in and around FTX, in and around Sam Bankman-Fried, and whether they were able to do that. If you look through the SEC complaint this morning, in fact, what you can see is some significant details about what actually happened inside, uh, details that would have been unavailable uh, to law enforcement prior. So uh, perhaps that is what may have happened in this case. Yeah, often it takes months and months, if not years, as you well know, to build a white-collar criminal case. So many are, as you just said, speculating that perhaps someone on the inside has flipped, turned against him, and is guiding prosecutors here. Sam Bankman-Fried, to you and to the many other interviews he has done subsequently, has consistently said, I I didn't know there was commingling of funds between FTX, the crypto exchange, and his own hedge fund. That seems to be the linchpin of the government's case. And the SEC, at least, is saying there was deception here. So it suggests the government has this evidence. It it very much appears that way. And in fact, there's a specific detail in the SEC complaint this morning uh, that seems to suggest that he understood very much so that there was eight billion dollars that was in his hedge fund that had been moved to another account at one point. In fact, that they were going to start charging interest on. And he started moving that money again to another account. So when you start to piece those pieces together and you think about what's called criminal intent, that he intended to do this, is that kind of evidence that prosecutors are going to use to try to build their case. And then finally, I mean, what about the the investors, some of them not rich people who who poured their money into this and and trusted in this? Is is there anything about these indictments, the civil case by the SEC that makes recouping those losses any more likely? I am afraid to say that piece of it, I think, is uh, going to be the most difficult component of this. Uh, The idea of getting that money back uh, is going to be a long and arduous process. There is going to be some money uh, for those who invested in something called FTX.us. There may be a better chance at getting some of that money back. But uh, we have heard from so many people who have used uh, this service, uh, some of whom say they have lost their their life savings. All right. Andrew Ross Sorkin, who did a seminal interview with Sam Brinkman-Fried. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Well, we turn now to the overall state of the economy. Stocks rallied yesterday to start a busy week of news that's been closely watched with key new inflation data coming out today and the, the start of the Federal Reserve's last meeting of the year. NBC's Tom Costello joins us now from North Charleston, South Carolina. Tom, good morning. Yeah, Craig, good morning. We are at this Boeing production center here in South Carolina, and they just got a very big order. United Airlines, a firm order for 100 wide-body 787s. That's the biggest domestic order ever for wide-body planes. That's good news for Boeing. It secures jobs across the entire production line for the 787 with Boeing. We've also got good news on the economy this morning with that inflation number that just came out at 8.30 Eastern time. Inflation in November running at 7.1%. That is better than expected. Many economists had expected a reading of 7.3%. Further evidence that, in fact, inflation is starting to come down. That's critical because, of course, we know that the Federal Reserve starts meeting today. It's expected to continue hiking rates tomorrow. But maybe now it can have justification for not hiking rates as much over the coming month or two or three months going into the future. Of course, Americans have been seeing inflation every single day as they do their Christmas shopping, as they're out at the grocery store. They are seeing signs that inflation is taming as they pump their gas, because gas right now running at $3.25 a gallon. That's down 50 cents in a month. It's down a nickel from a year ago. A big dramatic drop in gas prices 
as the global economy slows, but so far no indication that the U.S. economy is slowing. Unemployment still at a 50-year low right now, despite the fact that the Fed has been hiking interest rates in order to tame inflation. We've had six rate hikes already this year. A seventh one is expected. And instead of a three-quarter point hike, we now expect from the Fed a half-point rate hike, especially now given this new data on the inflation for November showing a better-than-expected number. Inflation was running hotter than that in October. Now it's starting to moderate ever so slightly. And now there is a good deal of speculation, Craig, that in fact the Fed may be able to engineer this so-called soft landing, hiking rates without pushing the economy into a full-blown recession. Back to you. All right. All eyes on the Fed. Tom Costello there for us from South Carolina. Tom, thank you. Much more to get to, including the triple-demic led by the worst flu outbreak in a decade. It is creating a lot of problems for people and businesses, hospitals and schools from coast to coast. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is on the story again for us today. Stephanie, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. You know, it's been months now that these three viruses have been bearing down on the country. The effect is being felt across the healthcare system. Demand for medications leading to empty store shelves, doctors' offices are packed, and in some places, hospitals are bursting at the seams. At Harbor UCLA Medical Center, this season's triple threat is taking a toll, both on patients and staff. We are having significant numbers of people in the waiting room for much longer than we are accustomed to, simply because uh, so many ER nurses are out. Are you seeing an increase in patients who are coming in with one of these three viruses? Yes, uh, certainly in our urgent care and an emergency room. The story is similar in the South. Mississippi has only 65 ICU beds in the entire state as of Thursday. Hospitals are looking to other states for help, but neighboring Tennessee and Alabama are maxed out too. And while RSV cases are dropping, pediatric cases of COVID are up 50 percent and the flu is surging. 44 states plus D.C. and Puerto Rico are experiencing high or very high flu rates, like in New York City, where masks are back out and being worn on streets and subways. Just going to keep my mask on. That's it, because I'm not trying to get sick. The city's flu numbers over the holiday set records. Thanksgiving data showed we had more cases at that Thanksgiving on November 26th than we have ever had in the last 12 years. In pharmacies all over the country, the shelves can't stay stocked, even though manufacturers say production hasn't changed. In especially short supply, pediatric pain and fever medication. They're not having a problem with manufacturing, so the shortage is driven by demand. The message, especially to concerned parents, is don't panic. There's no need to stockpile. If you don't need the supply, don't go out and buy it. And with just two weeks until Christmas, the CDC says it's not too late to get that flu shot. And you need about two weeks for that protection to kick in. So now is the time right now to get that flu shots and COVID vaccine so you're protected for the Christmas holidays. So we looked into the numbers for flu vaccinations and we don't have any numbers for uh, adults, but we know that children under the age of 17, about 42 percent of children have gotten the flu vaccine. When it comes to that COVID booster, the numbers drop significantly for people over the age of five. Just over 13 percent of people have gotten that targeted bivalent booster that's available. All right. 
Stephanie. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Let us get back to the weather now. Dylan's standing by in for Al once again. So we know we've got the, the blizzard conditions. What else are we looking at? Well, we also have the chance of some severe storms, and that'll be on the southern side of this system, down through eastern Oklahoma, into Arkansas, and to parts of Texas, too. We could see uh, damaging winds, large hail, even some tornadoes are possible. And this is slowly going to move to the east over the next several days. But the biggest concern for traveling will be those blizzard-like conditions across the Dakotas. That will eventually move into the upper Midwest as we go into tomorrow. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Coming up, overnight developments and the search for answers one month now after the murders of four college students in Idaho. We'll have the latest on the investigation and what the father of one victim is now revealing. And then with just 12 days now until Christmas, Vicki Wynn is going to go head-to-head with a shopping expert to see how some simple strategies can really help you save some money on those last-minute holiday essentials. But first, this is today on NBC. We just looked at each other going, 12 days? Welcome back. 7.30 Tuesday morning, the 13th of December, 2022. T-minus 12 days and counting to Christmas. Beautiful view across the street at our Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Yeah, it never gets old, does it? Uh, meanwhile, with Hoda on assignment, Chanel Jones. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, let's get to the headline, 7.30. The Justice Department says it will not seek the death penalty for a former Libyan intelligence official accused of making the bomb that brought down Pan Am Flight 103. Abu Ajila Mohammed Massoud appeared in federal court in Washington yesterday. The FBI says Massoud was taken into custody in Libya and confessed to building the bomb and planning the 1988 terrorist attack with two co-conspirators. 259 people, most of them American, were on board the 747 when it exploded over Lockerbie, Scotland. Now to that massive surge of migrants at the Texas border. It comes just days before COVID regulations known as Title 42 are set to expire. The Border Patrol in El Paso now reporting an average of more than 2,400 illegal border crossings every day. The surge of migrants, mainly from Central and South America, overwhelming border officials. A pandemic-era policy that allows the immediate deportation of migrants is scheduled to end next week. All right. Well, what case we've been following very closely here, and it has been one month since four college students were killed in Idaho. The victims' families and a small community still struggling with this shocking crime and the lack of answers in the case. Yeah. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin in Moscow, Idaho, for us once again this morning. Aaron, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Police say they received multiple tips that there was a white Hyundai in this area on the night of the murders. There's still, though, much they do not know about this car, including who was inside and why they haven't come forward. Police now believe whoever was inside the white Hyundai Elantra they're looking for may have seen something important on the night of the murders, possibly without even knowing it. So we know the vehicle was there. We just don't know who was in it, who may have owned that car, who may have information about what happened that night. Police say four University of Idaho students, Kaylee Gonsalves, Maddie Mogan, Ethan Chapin, and Zana Kernodal, were brutally stabbed to death in their shared off-campus home. Two female roommates sleeping on the bottom floor of the house were not injured. This comes as the father of Gonsalves is alleging new details on how some of the victims were killed. Stephen Gonsalves telling Fox News Digital that he had spoken to the coroner who said the victims had big open wounds, adding this was a strong weapon, not like a stab. 
Gonsalves also said the coroner told him his daughter's injuries definitely did not match the wounds of fellow victim Madison Mogan, who was killed in the same bed, and that it was the work of a strong individual. It's been a month since that tragic night when students learned the magnitude of the horrific crime within hours. When I first read this text message, I could not believe that there were four people reported. Three days after the killings, police said... Based on details of the scene, we believe this was an isolated, targeted attack on our victims. Authorities have never revealed why they believe the attack was targeted. Later telling NBC's Morgan Chesky it's possible the house, not necessarily the individuals living there, was targeted. In the investigation, we have not really come to a conclusion whether it was the individuals involved or one individual, multiple individuals, or the location. My name is Stacy Chapin. I'm Ethan's mom. A month of unspeakable pain for families and friends of the victims, attempting to seek closure with a killer still on the loose. Make sure that you spend as much time as possible with those people because time is precious and it's something you can't get back. Frustrations with the pace of the investigation growing by the day. It's going to be a cold case if we don't do something within the next week or two. But police say they do have information to work with and new leads every day. We want more than just an arrest. We want a conviction. And back to those allegations reportedly being made by Stephen Gonsalves. Fox News is reporting that the coroner declined to comment. NBC has been unable to verify them, and we've been unable to reach him. Craig? I mean, there's still just so many questions, Aaron. Uh, again, a month out now. Other than, than focusing on that, that white Honda that you mentioned there, any other directions that authorities are following in, in the push to try to solve this thing? Yeah, Craig, I was speaking to a police spokesperson yesterday, and she said that a major focus right now of the investigation is on surveillance footage. She says they have hundreds of hours of surveillance footage captured from across town. She said a team of analysts is combing through that footage frame by frame, looking for clues. In addition, she says that they're receiving tips Every day, she says this case is far from going cold. Craig. All right. Aaron McLaughlin for us there in Moscow. Aaron, thank you. All right. Well, coming up next with 12 Days to Go, we've got some money-saving tips on those last-minute holiday needs. Hey, good morning, guys. There are the essentials of the holiday shopping season, wrapping paper, tape, ornaments. I'm going to show you how to get the very best savings when I go head-to-head with a shopping expert who walks you through all the coupon sites to help you save big. That's next on Today. We are back 740. Today's holiday consumer with customers facing high prices and inflation this season. Cutting costs is more important than ever. And it's not just gifts. Other holiday essentials are also blowing up budgets. So, of course, the big question this morning, how can you save as you scramble to get everything you need? Fear not, folks. We got you covered this morning. NBC's senior consumer investigative correspondent, Vicki Wynn, is here with some last minute ideas. Hey, Vic. Good morning, Craig, Savannah, and Chanel. So those ornaments, lights, even tape for wrapping paper, these are the holiday supplies we tend to buy and not think about. But the cost of those items can really add up. I have some tips and tricks for you this morning for how you can change the way you shop to save for the holidays and beyond. The holidays are here and out goes the cash. Consumers already feeling the pain amid sky-high inflation 
average spending per person is expected to hit more than $830. It's not just the cost of presents, the staples of the season, too. Ornaments, lights, menorahs, and wreaths, all of it adding up. Last year, consumers spent about $350 on non-gift holiday items like decorations, wrapping paper, and cards. Despite inflation, despite you know supply chain issues... Uh, there are still ways you can save money. Kevin Brassler is the executive director of Consumers Checkbook, a nonprofit that helps consumers save money. He says everyone should compare prices online, ask for a price match in store, sign up for online discount codes and sign up also to get retailers emails. He also says cash back portals like Retail Me Not, Coupon Cabin and Slick Deals can help offset costs while shopping online. Can't do the holidays without some ornaments. I shopped for the same products as shopping expert Trey Bodge to show you how much of a difference it makes. Bodge is a paid spokesperson for Coupon Cabin, but uses and recommends multiple cashback websites. There are these really cute onesies, PJs, so I'm going to put those in my bag too. We shop at Macy's, Lowe's, and Walmart. Walmart with the wrapping paper, you need that for the season. I love these holiday-themed bags, and there's 12 of them, so I have plenty. But Trey is using the cashback portals. Watch as the notifications pop up as soon as she goes to a vendor's website. She clicks the button to activate the savings. With my cashback from Slick Deals, I'm saving almost 20 bucks. And don't forget to sign up for loyalty programs. And finally, Container Store to get the boxes to store all those holiday goodies. No cash back, but instead, Trey gets an instant $10 off a $75 purchase just for joining their Organized Insider program. I saved $10 off of my total. Trey, are you ready to compare totals? I am. Okay, I'll go first. I think mine's going to be a lot higher. 346.70 was my grand total. Let's see. 309.46. And you were shopping for exactly the same things I, I bought. Yep, I was just using browser extensions and sign-up bonuses, and so I saved almost 40 bucks. Kevin says the cashback deals have obvious benefits, but warns... There's a trade-off to using these cashback portals in that you're really giving up information about what you're looking at, what you're looking to buy, you know, your own personal data in terms of shopping history. But he believes they are still worth it, especially when combined with other sales. It's just an extra additional rebate of savings that you can get by using their portal to finish your shopping. So what are some other tips you've learned along the way? So here's the thing. Don't just do this during the holidays. If you shop through these websites and portals, as you've heard me say, you do it through the year, you can really get big money. Uh, you can also remember to follow stores, social media, and check their good old-fashioned paper ads. Bed Bath & Beyond and Macy's, those are some stores that still offer paper coupons. And don't forget the best day to shop mm-hmm. for holiday supplies the day after Christmas. Oh my goodness. And finally, if you like to craft as I think you do, I Chanel, do. yeah, and save money, then you look for those DIY ideas on wrapping and gifting. You just go online, honestly, yeah. TikTok, Instagram, so many great ideas. You know you what? I'm things. still for like a newspaper wrap. It can be very cool. cute. You cute. can jazz it up. Or yeah, you, a grocery store, brown paper bag. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Especially if you if it's sharp, you know, when you yeah. fold if it If you up. have the wrapping tips. Yes. Actually, yes. I think we're doing a wrapping, Christmas wrapping, how to Christmas wrap segment next week. Oh, really? Perfect. Or maybe this week. Uh, Whatever. We're one. doing one. Yeah. We're doing one. Thank you, Vic. Gift bag. Yes. I know. That's easy. Gift card, gift bag. That's you. Those little corners, it's tough. Mm. Dylan, what you got? For the big items, just put in like a white garbage bag and draw on the outside. Oh, yeah, that's cute. A garbage bag? Yeah, put a little bow around it. It's easy. Okay. No? 
Just going to get them scented, Craig. Okay, Okay. Uh, let's take a look at the rainy side of this storm system. You know, it's unusual to get a lot of tornado warnings in the morning, but we do have tornado warnings popping up across uh, parts of the south and also the bigger tornado watch that's in effect as this line of storms moves eastward. So we are going to see a chance of those tornadoes, also the strong gusty winds up to 70 miles per hour, and even hail is possible as well. In this area in red here, that's our best chance of seeing strong tornadoes this morning and then uh, redeveloping later on this afternoon. We also have the potential for flooding with rainfall rates of about an inch per hour. On Wednesday, it's kind of the same general area along the Gulf Coast that has the best chance of those severe storms. And then on Thursday, it is going to shift over into the Carolinas and down across northern Florida, too. Craig, you can draw like hollies on the outside. This has been very controversial. What do you say? Well, I'm just, you know, I love Dylan, so I'm afraid to say no. (laughs) Okay, that's a no, though. That's a no (laughs) to her bestie. Don't knock until you try it. Okay, okay. I'm with you. I think a little bow. Yes. Did you just say you you said they're scented? scented Lavender scented. All right. Whatever you're into. Whatever you're into. Still ahead here. Uh, Did you miss out on those, those Taylor Swift concert tickets? Dry your eyes, folks. What you need to know about a second chance that some fans are getting to catch the star's upcoming tour. But first, these messages. Can you imagine garbage bags under the tree? Uh, yeah, not my I house. do. Yeah. Because they had it. <laughs> I feel good. I feel strong. And, and every day I feel a little bit better. I got a lot of things and people to be thankful for. Least of all- mm-hmm. We are back. Back with Jacob Sobroff and also back with some of our conversation with Al yesterday, sharing an update on that recovery. Okay, but we did not leave it there. We're just giving you a little teaser. We spent some more time oh my with Mr. Oh. Roker. We and our entire beautiful staff, producers, crew, security, everybody came out and we did some Christmas caroling for Al and Uh Deborah at the Roker residence. It was all a surprise. It was one of the most heartwarming moments, I think, all of us. Ever. Everybody was in tears. And it was just beautiful and so wonderful to see him. And this place means so much to Al. Like, to have us all just go out there and serenade him was... It was emotional. It was so special. It It was special. It was powerful. You could just feel the love. All over the block. And he, and he looks so good. He does. And he looks yeah, he so does. good when he came to that door. He, he started some, he started cracking some jokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like, yeah. he was going after Craig yeah. Ward. Yeah. Like, you know how they like to have their little thing? He was back. He's oh, back. He, oh, he's back. He's back. So he's we're going to show his reaction yes. tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow we'll show you the whole thing. This is really special. Just ahead, we'd know their voices anywhere. Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek Pino back at it. The newest Puss in Boots adventure. They'll be here live. 